Hello everyone, and welcome back to Relevant. I'm your host, Trey Slickers. And I'm Naya, your co-host. And as always, we're joined with a student guest and spiritual leader here at Glob. Our first guest, his name is... Daniel Sajak. Daniel Sajak, and then we have... Dean Warren. Awesome, let's get right into this. So, I hear you're quite a photographer, Dean Warren. Uh, I, I like to dabble. Um, they say once you get paid for something, you're professional. So I've done a couple weddings. So I guess that would technically make me a professional photographer. So you're a professional <laughs> photographer. Awesome. So we're going to hop right into this. Do you guys have any mentors in your lives? Yeah. Yeah? Most definitely. Most definitely. Awesome. Um, are you guys mentors to anyone? I would say in the traditional sense where someone comes and asks you to be their mentor, not necessarily, but, um, in my job as a Dean, I, I would say that I am uh, mentoring all the, the young men who are in the dorm. Yeah. Uh, you, Daniel Sajak, you got anyone? So, or? I mean, this is one of those things that's like, I hope by, by my actions, you know, I hope I can be a mentor to people, but it's not necessarily a thing that's especially as a student, you know, a lot of times people won't come up to you necessarily and be like, yeah, you're my mentor. Yeah. But I hope that like through my actions and how I act, people can just like, people look up to me and what I do. Oh, like, sorry, I'm, I'm speaking for you. But like, remember that time there was a bio quiz and like he had to like teach people like the same thing over and over again, like five times in one day. Yeah, I remember that. I was sitting in um, Mr. Glenn's room and Gracie and Gavin were just struggling with bio and you just came in and explained it wonderfully to them mm -hmm. and yeah definitely saw some mentorship in that um so Dean Warren how has how has mentorship played a part in your deaning experience uh I think mentorship played a part in my deaning experience how I someone was able to show me that deaning was even a possibility because I went to public school yeah. and so I knew there, I knew of people who lived in academies and like make sure the children didn't hurt themselves and whatever, but I didn't even know um, that that was even a possibility for a career choice. Um, I would say R.D. Gallant was the, the first uh, kind of mentor. He wasn't that much older than me, but he kind of showed me the ropes of how yeah. to be a dean and how to lead young men and how to be that fa father and brother figure in some men's lives. Um, so this is a question that I was thinking about, and I still haven't quite came up with the answer for, but I wonder if you guys can help me out. Who benefits more, the mentor or the person getting mentored? I think, um, some people think that the mentee is getting everything, but in reality, a mentor-mentee relationship is like any human relationship mm -hmm. where both has to has to be give and take because yeah. if the mentor is only giving to the mentee then they feel like they're only pouring out mm -hmm. and it feel like they're always everything I have to everything I'm saying to you has to be a hundred and twenty percent of everything but in reality by me mentoring someone else I'm sharing knowledge with them but I'm also learning knowledge from them because typically the person you're mentoring isn't necessarily from the same age group or the same generation. So they're going to be bringing different perspectives and things into the conversation. But in reality, it's a relationship at the center of everything that mentorship is, is a relationship. So both parties have to be uh, getting something from that relationship. Awesome. Uh, 
sorry no. and it's like when you like teach someone something like not only are you teaching them but like you're also kind of teaching yourself mm -hmm. like they say that um the best way to learn is by like teaching someone mm -hmm. yeah yeah so so then how does mentorship affect the decisions that you make being both a mentor and someone who is being mentored you know when you when you are a mentor you know it's a lot it can be sort of an overwhelming thing because it's like people are constantly like watching what you're doing yeah and if you do the wrong thing you know sometimes you might lose influence or but you know this is what's important about relationship with god and that as when jesus was on this earth you know he was the best mentor mm -hmm. to all of us and you know when you have that relationship with him then everyone can be a mentor and you can still learn through other people that have jesus in their life and i think when you you have a mentor uh, mentor is somewhat like an accountability partner, so to speak. Um, so when you're going to make these big decisions or things, you're running it by them. And, and your mentor is wanting what's best for you. Your mentor, especially when you choose someone who's a like mind of not just political view or business goals, but also of religion and faith, yes. they're going to want what's best for you. And they're going to make sure that God is leading you through whatever door that you, you are potentially walking through. But also your mentor could be someone who has potentially walked the line before that you might be going down and they might be like, hey, I've been there. I've made those mistakes. Yeah. You don't need to go there. Let me tell you from firsthand experience. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I know personally I had a mentor. Um, I'm gonna tell a story here. Uh, a couple of years ago, I was looking for my first car and I, I love Datsuns. <laughs> like I love Datsuns. And there was this Datsun 210 that uh, I saw at an auto show. And I went and I talked to the owner. And the 210 is kind of an iffy car. I mean, it's... <laughs> I, I kind of wanted it just because of the name of being a Datsun and saying, yeah, I own a Datsun. And I, I went and I looked at the car, and the car was a piece of junk. <laughs> but I was so dead sent, mm. set on buying mm -hmm. a Datsun that I was like... I'll fork over, I, I want this car. I, I can fix it up, I can fix it up. And I had this mentor at the time who is pretty big in the auto industry. And he was like, don't get that car. You're stupid for that, getting that car. And he's like, that, that car will give you so many problems. I was like, nah, we can fix it up together. This can, this can be a thing too. Like you can, you can help me out with this. And he's just like, no don't get that car. And I ended up not getting that car. And I got something so much better that in the long run, looking back, I was like, you know what? Yeah, mm -hmm. that was, if I would have bought that car, I would have been so much less happy. Mm -hmm. Parts would have been hard to get. And I would have been miserable. It would have been a waste of money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel a bit inspired to share a little story because <laughs> of your story. Um, so like two nights ago, Two nights ago? Yeah, two nights ago, I was in my room. I looked in the mirror, and I was like, I'm going to shave my, eye, my eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I got a razor, and I've, I've never shaved my eyebrows. Like, I have never done it in my life. But I was like, you know, I think it's time to, like, do a little makeover for myself. So I got a razor. <laughs> There's, like, 110 reasons not to why <laughs> you shouldn't do this and how it can go bad. <laughs> I don't know. I was pretty confident last night. That, 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 that night, I, ha I held my razor and I was about to do it. And I told my roommate, I was like, "I'm gonna shave my eyebrow." Okay. And then she was like, "I support, but not not using a razor." And then like all my other friends came into my room and they're like, "No, 
don't use a razor. I was like, I was like, I was so confident. I was like, I'm gonna use a razor. Like, it's not that hard. I just need to shave it. Not, I'm not shave it. I mean, like, make it neater. You know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. But then my roommate, I'd say she was my mentor during that time. <laughs> she oh, gave me the like the actual like shaving tool and like she told me the directions to actually do it and like how to do it. And I think it turned out great. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Oh man. Lyle. <laughs> okay. So. Can mentorship turn sour? I think mentorship can turn sour um, because, once again, it's a relationship. And so you have to be equally yoked. So you have to have someone who's of the like mind. If God is our number one thing, we're building everything upon him. Mm -hmm. Our mentor should be of the same like mind, faith and beliefs because everything you do is based upon your beliefs. All the business deals you're gonna participate in gonna be based upon your beliefs. Are you trying to make money? Are you trying to pull the wool over someone's eyes? Everything comes down to faith. So if they're of the same faith as you, then they shouldn't be leading you astray, but at the same time, just like a pastor leading his flock, you have to do a fruit inspection. You You have to see what this person is saying because they can say they're doing one thing, but then in reality, their actions aren't matching their words. Yeah. So you don't just, and you don't just take everything they say as if it's the gospel. Mm. So you, you, it's a constantly, yes, they're mentoring you, they're leading you, but you're also measuring it against scripture. Yeah. You're, you're making sure that everything, what you're saying and doing, and you're not, it's like, oh yeah, this person said to do this, but the Holy Spirit's really telling me to do that. I'm just gonna believe this person. Like, no, you don't, you don't believe, <laughs> believe a person over what the Holy Spirit is, is, is telling you to do. Um, but if you, the simple things of doing the fruit inspection, seeing that the person is, is a good person, seeing if they're living a, a biblical life, things of that nature, that can help you get into a better mentorship relationship. Um, but, but yeah, it, it can definitely turn sours. Or if um, it goes, it's, it's not split 50-50. If it's 70-30 or, or 90-10, though, that's when things can start to become a more of a toxic mentorship relationship. For sure. Um, can you outgrow your mentor? Like, if, like, can you get, will, will you get eventually past your mentor? Is that the end goal? Well, if, if the mentor is the only one that's, that is your mentor, you know you can have multiple mentors, but yeah. mm-hmm. um, the mentor can only teach you so much. And it's a, it's a point at which a mentor sort of like leads you, I think. It's not like they like set down an exact path that you need to go down, but they more of just like point out a few paths for you and be like, hey, you can go down this. I've gone down this path before and this is how it's worked out for me. For sure. But eventually you have to become sort of independent and, mm-hmm. and re- like for example, you can use spiritual life for example and just start reading the Bible for yourself yeah. rather than just listening to people constantly talk about it like for chapel or dorm worship and things like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think you can also, if you are too specific on your mentor, like you're going to have to have multiple ones. Like if you just have one that's there for like just growth in general, then you can keep that mentor a lot longer. But let's say you get a mentor in like, I'm, I like photography. Let's say I get a photography mentor and let's say that at some point in time, I'm just not feeling photography anymore. But my mentor is specifically for photography. And if I'm not doing photography anymore, then my season in life has changed. So therefore, I need to start looking for another mentor. Or if you have a mentor in a specific trade or specific field and then God calls you somewhere else, then it's time to look for a, a different mentor. Yeah. And that's only if you have a very specific. But if you have a broad one, then, um, then you can definitely stay with that one longer. 
Um, but then also, if that mentor is going through a difficult season or something of that time, and they feel like they need to take a step back from mentoring, then that's also a time for you to uh, look for uh, possibly for another mentor. Yeah. So that uh, just made me think of another question. Um, who's someone famous in the photography world right now that you look up to? This is just a little. Oh, I mean, there, there are a lot of, of good photographers. Um, I can think of the, the likes of Peter McKinnon, um, Chris Howe. Um, they are, they're great photographers. Um, they have made millions of dollars in photography. Um, but when it comes down to their spiritual walk and their spiritual life, it doesn't necessarily match up with mine. Yeah. So while I might see what they do and watch their YouTube videos and take notes from them and use their presets and things like that, I wouldn't necessarily, they wouldn't be a great mentor for me just because our lifestyles are completely different. Yeah. Um, and so that's just something that like God is important for me. Yeah. So it's like, yes, if one of them called and said they wanted to be a mentor, I'd be like, this would be a great opportunity, but I have to know that at some point they, we, there'll be differences. Yeah. There'll be differences of, Hey, I got this shoot and I need you to help me shoot on a Sabbath. Ooh. I can't do it. Yeah. It's like they shoot for BMW. They shoot for Porsche. Like these, like this is life changing money. But when it comes down to it, I'd be like, I can't do it. Or it's like, hey, we got to do this. We're going to go out for drinks with these clients, things like that. And it's like, I, I don't do that. Yeah. And so um, it's really when it comes down to when you're choosing your mentors, like the, the lifestyle things have to match because otherwise you'll be butting your heads against and then you don't get the time for the mentorship. Got it. So can we talk about mentorship in the Bible? Like some stories that had mentorship qualities? I, I'm thinking... I know yeah. you guys you guys can't call me by my first name, <laughs> but uh, I'm thinking Joshua and Moses. Oh, um, Moses, had, Moses did his 40 years with Pharaoh, 40 years in the wilderness. And then um, he leads God's children out of Egypt. Mm -hmm. And we don't know exactly what point where Joshua and Caleb really come along. But Joshua is chosen to be the follow up leader to Moses. And in scripture, we're able to see that. From the very beginning, once that kind of decision has been made, Moses starts bringing Joshua along. Yeah. So Joshua is someone the people are familiar with. They're like, okay, when I'm seeing Moses, I'm seeing Joshua. Yeah. And if you think of um, just going up when they're on top of Mount Sinai and then they're coming down with the Ten Commandments. And so Joshua was there and Joshua waited. Mm -hmm. Joshua was there waiting, coming yeah. down. And just to show the different mindsets between the two. Joshua hears the sounds and he's like, oh, it's war, it's war. Mm -hmm. yeah. because Joshua was a warrior first, a leader second. Yeah. Moses had been trained to be a leader first and a warrior second. Mm -hmm. And so Moses like, hey, um, it's actually a party. Um, you probably didn't go to m many of those back in the day in the Pharaoh's house. I went to a couple of those parties. <laughs> uh, I know what it sounds like. Yeah. But that mentorship showed and he was able to see when Moses did what the Lord wanted and when Moses didn't do what the Lord wanted, because he was right there for each and every one of those decisions. So hope, so that helped him make wiser decisions than Moses did. Yeah. You know, I, I got more of a weird, weird story. It's, a, it's, a, it's an example of when they're unequally yoked. But I think the Saul and David and how mm. okay. Saul was supposed to be a mentor for David. Yeah. And then he sort of went haywire and he's just... Sort of went off the rails, but then that's David, one of those mentorships that oh turns yeah. out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so then David, you know, he knew where to draw the line, and especially like we see when 
David was hiding in the cave, mm. and Saul came in. David knew Saul's position. You know, he yeah. was yeah. he was a mentor, and God called Saul to be that leader. And you know, it's a very important for us to also see where to draw the line for sometimes unequally yoked mentors. Yeah. I think of also Jesus and his disciples. Mm, mm-hmm. Jesus was mm-hmm. a mentor, and then he sent them out in the world to be mentors mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. all the like maybe Paul and Timothy too like these are all great mentors in the Bible that I think you should read at home for all you listeners out there in closing I would just like to give the audience a charge remember find a mentor who will bring you closer to Jesus find someone who loves you and wants to see you grow mm. relevant out you've been listening to the relevant podcast relevant was hosted by Trace Lickers and co-hosted by Naya Mamarimbe Our guests today were Daniel Sajak and Dean Warren. Today's show is produced by Alexander Winkler and recorded on the campus of Great Lakes Adventist Academy. Don't forget to check out our website, relevant.show, where you can send us a message or learn more about what we do. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Thanks for listening. See you next week.